And hello again, everyone. Welcome back to One Patriot Lake here on WPLC Radio. And you can also find our podcast here on One Patriot Place on the fullpresscoverage.com website. Our friends there are always very good to us. They carry our podcast. They have their own great uh, stuff that you should read about the Patriots. In fact, we have one of the guys on the air with us today, Mike Diabate. You can also find him locked on Patriots. He does a great job there every morning, and I encourage you all to check that out. He's going to join Murph and I momentarily, but before we get in any farther, the big green man is waiting in the wings. How about that football game last night? Uh, yeah, no shit, man. God, <laughs> tweeted out last night, man. It, it, it's going to come down, and we're going to the AFC title game. Tom is going to beat uh, Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> and then in in the Super Bowl, he's gonna smack Jimmy G around for his seventh, and then you know everybody will get back together. Bob is gonna invite everyone to the ring ceremony. Sure, old friends are welcome. Come on in. Come on. <laughs> Where are your AFC and NFC? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the Colts will give him uh, some kind of ring or a banner after losing the AFC title game. But I'm well, sure you know, Jacoby, speak come of, on in. What a game. That was a great yeah. game. Speaking I of the Colts, defense. though, what a great game they played on Sunday night. They did. And, you know, they did. going back to, to the spring, you know, I I told you right here on the air, and, of course, everybody laughed at me. I was like, yep. the Colts have changed their whole philosophy. They're no mm-hmm. longer your, you know, panty-waist Indianapolis Colts. The guy they brought in, Brian Decker, the special forces guy who changed their analytics the way they draft people. And I said that back in the spring, they're drafting a lot of different guys. Now they were physical. They were tough. Those weren't your grandpa's Colts, were they? No, they weren't. And Brian Decker, good, good friend of Steve's. They've toppled many, uh, many a regime down in South America (laughs) together. So he knows they they didn't, I didn't, that's stop writing. Don't call for an inquiry of impeachment or anything that didn't happen. Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they they really have, man. That's one hell of a team that they're putting together down there. They've got a, a good offensive line there. Uh, we all know that uh, I loved Mac coming out of out of college. I wanted him on the Patriots. Uh, we all we all feel you know all warm and fuzzy about Jacoby. I felt a little nauseous being happy, <laughs> but there was really no one to no one to root for in that game. I felt a little nauseous being happy about that, but <laughs> quite honestly. That should have been that should have been uh, Kansas City's second loss in a row. If um, Detroit hadn't peed all over themselves there, they they you know would have handed them a loss too. The, Kansas City does not look like the same ball club this year at all. Well, 
if you know they have a bunch of injuries and we've we've seen that what happens to the patriots when they have it and the other thing is is yeah they're five you know now now they're the hunted (laughs) you know everyone's been basically filleting them since the spring i'm I'm not going to say what i was really thinking but you know you know what i'm saying there and now teams are putting them on the radar okay this is our this is our big game of the, you know of the month and yep. we're going to give you our a game i thought yeah as you said i thought detroit had a real good chance of pulling that out but we'll see how things go i think this is a patriot you know. show yeah <laughs> well and it's time to bring on our guest so mike welcome back to one patriot place folks mike debate locked on patriots full press coverage everywhere and also a frequent guest hey now we have the third musketeer here with us right (laughs) well gentlemen it's always like i said it's always like coming back home every time i come (laughs) into one patriot's place i see murph i see steve and it is truly like home you get that home you know that home cooking feeling and uh, i like your suggestion i i I like how you uh, well we'll, we won't get into that but i mean uh uh, i I like uh, i really do like your suggestion though murph on uh on uh robert Kraft inviting jacoby and and jimmy back for the ring ceremony you can almost see like uh you know senator pat geary like bringing everybody in well we're here to meet with old friends and bring in new friends and celebrate a great event you know so i mean i i think i think that would really put the icing on the cake on it uh i i think i can almost see robert giving that type of you know you could almost see robert Kraft giving that type of introduction so but That's all it. good all all good stuff yeah definitely it was brilliant the uh <laughs> yeah, it's great to see the 49ers last night, uh, you know, wave a little bit of a smackdown on the Cleveland Browns, kind of wake them back up a little bit. And if you're a Patriots fan, you have to love uh, the uh, the victory for the Indianapolis Colts and Jacoby Brissett over the Kansas City yep. Chiefs for a lot of different reasons. But most of all, it puts the Patriots in the driver's seat once again. Now they control their own destiny. And I know we're only five games in, but believe me, these types of wins, these types of losses can come back to really be a factor in January, and I think that's what you're going to see this year. Good point. And, you know, everyone's always talking about the AFC least. Right now, the Buffalo Bills, who are in second place, would be in first place in any division except the Patriots and the 49ers division. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's it. Yeah, and if a, you want to read tra- a really a trash division, though, Steve. <laughs> yeah, if you want to, if you want to read a really good, you know, column about that, you could head on over to diehard Boston sports fans and just, you know, <laughs> check out what I've written on uh, on the tomato cans and shank and all that. Oh God, mm-hmm. man, I'm just tired of it. I'm just sick of it. Somebody tweeted out today about the upcoming game with the with the Giants. Oh. Another real tough test for the Patriots defense. Well, you know, why don't we do this, gentlemen? Okay, why don't we do this? We will just leave the Patriots schedule open all year long. Okay, it's just we'll just put home and away, home and away, home and away. The entire and every Monday, the talking heads can get together and they'll have a little poll and they'll have a little vote as to who the Patriots should play this week. Okay, and whoever they were, you know, whoever they were pulling off, you know, we'll just pull whoever's on the Patriots schedule and put them over here to play whoever, you know, the talking heads decide the Pats should play. And I want to know from, you know, all our listeners in Vegas, what odds do you think you'll give me that the Pats at the end of the season, even after doing this, will still end up 14 and 2? 
I, I'm just tired of it, man. I'm just tired of it. You can only well, play it, the it people that are in front of you. It, you know? it gets old after a while. I mean, you know, it's the same old tired arguments. Oh, well, if they played in this division, I, I saw yeah. three tweets this morning. Well, if they played in the AFC North, you know, Brady wouldn't have anywhere near the success. Well, he's 26 and six against yeah. the AFC North. So, you know, and then they bring it. Well, if it was twice a year <laughs> that they played, well, yeah, you know, give, give me a fucking break, man. Do you, do you honestly? It's not like it's not like the Patriots go undefeated every year in this division. And just like we said, you know, a moment ago with Kansas City, you're getting everybody's best shot now. Yep. Okay, and that's what the Patriots have been taking for the past twenty years. Everybody's best shot. But you know, I what are you going to do? You, you guys, you guys anoint these these young quarterbacks as the greatest thing since sliced bread. After you know a season, a very good season, you know. Don't don't get me wrong, and I'm not putting down Patrick Mahomes. I think he's a fantastic young quarterback. But I mean, before you 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 anoint them, before you push them into the Hall of Fame, before you you start creating the bust for them, could could they please play three or four years? Could they win something? I mean, well, last and, night we were dealing it, with yeah, yeah with Baker our, Mayfield yeah. and um Jacoby and uh, not Jacoby and and Jimmy. um Jimmy. Jimmy, who at one point in time, you know, not too long ago, was the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. All right? It, let's pump the brakes, folks. Pump the – God bless them. And make all the money you can. Sleep with all the, you know, all the, the triple-X-rated chicks that you can come across. You're a young, you know, <laughs> studly kind of guy. Go for it. But, you know, <laughs> let's just relax. Just relax. No, and, and to that point, I mean, I thought – Chris Collinsworth can go over the top, and I'm going to get ask yeah. Mike his opinion on this. However, you know, every time Mahomes rolled out, and, you know, I mean, the kid has a cannon. I mean, yeah. nobody is denying that whatsoever, and he makes some great throws. But, he, uh, you know, Collinsworth kept saying, oh, we've never seen this before. And I was like, where did he fall off the face of the earth from? I remember watching Fran Tarkin do that for years. Yep. Okay. And everyone, you, oh, nobody will ever do that again. And then all of a sudden, Parkinson, you know. Staubach, yeah. Um, yeah. Cunningham, uh, you can, you know, RG3. Uh, you can just go on and on and on. Uh, but Fred and, Tarkin did that for, you know, a long, long time. I remember as a kid watching him do that with the Giants. And yep. then he went over to the to the Vikings, you know, and then he had those big years with Minnesota. And they went to a couple of Super Bowls. I mean, come on. You know, it's like, did everyone forget he existed? But whatever. Mike, what's your You know, I'm, I'm of like mind with you guys, gents. You know, I mean, it's – I've used the analogy so many times before, but really it, it just is so appropriate for some, for something like this where – so many of the national media, national fans, they're so sick of seeing the Patriots in the thick of things every single year, always winning, mm -hmm. getting accolades, you know, being on top of the league, that they're always willing to look at that next big thing and anoint it as the next big thing and go far over the top in doing so. The analogy that I like to use is you're wandering through an oasis and or you're wandering through a desert and you see an oasis and the oasis is only serving sand, but you're so damn thirsty that 
the sand starts to look like water. So when you go over there, you want to drink the water. It's like drinking the sand. That, to me, is like anointing the next big thing. We've seen it with Rodgers. We've seen it with now Mahomes. And, again, two very talented quarterbacks. Nobody's questioning their talent. Nobody's questioning their ability to be able to win football games and be prolific in this game. But, again, I'm going to use another analogy to quote Ric Flair. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Neither one of these guys have beaten the man yet. The man still no. resides in Foxborough. He's still wearing number 12 in a blue jersey every Sunday, or a white jersey, depending on how they uh, they break things down in Foxborough now. But that's essentially what it comes down to. So, yeah, Collinsworth, you see a lot of the talking heads in the morning programs on Fox and on ESPN. They definitely want to have the hot takes. They want to give, you know, gain clicks, and they want to be able to do that. But ultimately, it has to be done on the field. And what we saw over the weekend, especially with Mahomes, is that there's still a little ways to go before we anoint this guy as the greatest to ever play the game. Does he have the potential? Does he have the talent? I think he's got the talent. The potential, we'll see. It depends. There's a lot of factors that have to factor in there. But at the end of the day, right now, to say that, oh, yeah, he's doing things we've never seen before in professional sports. I've seen the tweets go back and forth. Yeah, it does. It makes you roll your eyes, especially when you talk about comparisons even into other sports. I mean, where of the generation, guys, where we've seen guys like Michael Jordan play basketball and Wayne Gretzky play hockey and a lot of these greatest of all times that have done Tom Brady play football. So I think in a lot of ways the brakes need to be pumped, but – when you're pushing a national agenda, I just hate to say it, it's only going to continue. I don't see it dying off anytime soon unless Kansas City and Mahomes really start to sputter and the wheels really come off that wagon. Then there may be, oh, well, we have to look for someone else now. But I don't see that happening. I think as long as he's fielding a competitive team the way they're doing in Kansas City, I think you're still going to continue to see a lot more of the same. Yeah, and I agree. But yeah, the bottom line is – I. How many times have we seen the next great quarterback? How many times has he has Brady ended the next dynasty, um, the next big thing? It's happened time and again, and it's happened for 20 years, and we're lucky enough that it's probably going to happen for a couple more because Tom really hasn't fallen off at all. There's there's no cliff in sight. It's just it's not there. Um, Brady, this not, week... You must not watch he, Nick Wright. No, no. <laughs> I don't watch Nick Wright. I don't Wright. either. No, why should I watch Nick Wright? I have better hair than him, and my wife's hotter. Um, Brady threw up 312 yards this week. He threw another couple touchdowns. Threw a pick. Um, it was, you know, not pretty. Uh, I did miss the first half of this game, so you guys will have to fill me in on that. I have not rewatched this tape because I really didn't think we were going to learn a lot from it. I mean, we already know that Brandon Bolden is the secret weapon of, you know. <laughs> the NFL and a uh, great great game by Brandon great game you know just a few touches puts up some scores and points for people that's cool but um there there was a problem in this game this was not a um a uh textbook you know smackdown beatdown even though it was 33 to 7 uh one of my keys last week was owning third down and that really did not happen for the patriots did it guys not offensively yeah. Yep. Mike, what no, do you think it, it of really, five it, it, or fifteen on third down? 
Yeah, I mean, it truly did. And, you know, I mean, thank God for Dante Hightower, who really did bring his A game and really, I think, right. put the, the Washington Redskins in a very difficult position because, yeah, 5 for 15 on third down was not exactly the way that needed to go. Uh, they were able to uh, to get pressure on, uh, on Colt McCoy. And, listen, Hightower had a monster game, eight tackles, 1.5 sacks, uh, four tackles for a loss in the pass deflection. So the defense really did, uh, you know, bring their, uh, their game. But when you talk about the offense and you talk about what Tom Brady is able to do and how he was able uh, to uh, to break this game down. He faced a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, I think a, a lot of that was because of the struggles on the offensive line. Uh, it's in part because his receivers were struggling to separate, but you know, the MO on beating Brady is to get pressure on him. So, and I think you saw this team, you know, struggle to convert for the first time in a little while. They did write the ship in the second half offensively, uh, defensively. They definitely write the ship, but I think they had really only one miscue and that was the 65 yard, uh, you know, route up the side by, uh, Stevenson's junior but uh, ultimately it really was I think it was a, a, a an anomaly when it comes to the Patriots we didn't expect to see that kind of performance out of them especially against a team like Washington but they right the ship they did take care of business when they needed to so credit where credit is due there and I think this is more the exception rather than the rule when it comes to the Patriots I think you'll see them really work on that and be a lot more um, uh, proficient on third down, both from offense and from a defensive standpoint. Even though they have a quick turnaround, I think Bill Belichick's going to work these guys hard this week to make sure those issues don't happen again. Yeah, one of the things, Mike, that I saw, you know, in, in the second half, they they made a commitment to run the ball. They were going to run the ball between the tackles, and the blocking all of a sudden got much, much better. I thought the offensive line was much tougher in the second half, and then our tight ends who we've been kind of a little critical about in the, especially in their run blocking. Um, I thought both of those guys showed up quite well in the second half. I, you know, um, I think it was Ryan Izzo had a nice block on Ryan Kerrigan that sprung Sony Michelle for his 25 yard run. And then I thought Matt Lacoste had a nice block for Michelle's 14 yard touchdown. I Mm -hmm. thought, uh, Jakob Johnson had some nice blocks downfield. He's not James Devlin, but I think he's going to do just fine. And those are at least things that we can turn to and say, hey, you know, I think they had they had less than 20 yards rushing in the first half. And the second half, they end – well, I know they ended up in the game with 130 yards rushing, and I thought they did a much, much better job of that. And, and at least, you know, they got Sony Michelle – kind of off the schneid a little bit, and they even got him involved in the passing game. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys know that I've been on the Sony Michelle train for quite some time, even before he was drafted by the Patriots. Uh, he mm-hmm. was someone that I always had my eye on for this team. So for me personally, it was definitely satisfying to see him get going. Uh, he came into this game 2.8 yards per carry. Uh, you know, really, that was that's definitely going to grant him some uh, criticism and he was receiving it. There's no question about it. But he did contribute in the passing game a little bit. He had uh, he had zero catches going into this game, but Michelle got an opportunity to turn around and he took it. 16 carries, 91 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, to make the day even better, he had career highs of targets. He was targeted three times. He had three receptions, and he had 32 receiving yards. And while those numbers aren't going to light it on fire, keep in mind Michelle is their feature back. So to see him come in there and do that uh, was very impressive. And, Steve, you're absolutely right. When it comes to the offensive line, all of a sudden the line started 
quote unquote, doing their job a little bit better. They were able to get blocks. And you mentioned Lacoste, you mentioned Izzo, and you mentioned Jakob Johnson. Great blocks, key blocks when they needed to, to be able to spring Sony to get free. So if the Patriots had that blocking in the tight end position and the fullback position, and they're able to utilize the running game the way they did on Sunday, that opens up so much more. It makes Brady so much more relaxed. He can take a look and try to hit targets down the field. It really does improve the offensive game plan. So while we didn't see that at all in the first half, and it showed the Patriots' offense struggled, the second half showed that opening up a little bit. And they're going to need that running game, especially if some of their wide receivers are dinged up, and it looks like they are right now. Yeah, Mike, play action played a bigger uh, part in this game than it has in the past, too. Is that success... um, uh, something that you you see going forward now with with this line, at least for two quarters, looking a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. And now that the line is looking better, Murph, again, I, I completely agree. That line blocking and being able to do and give Brady the time he needs, along with the running game being a little bit better. I look for James White to have a little bit more of an active role uh, than he did. Although White had a pretty good game himself. Uh, yeah, he on, did on Sunday. Um, it will be interesting to see if Rex Burkhead, a guy that we mentioned, Murph, uh, last week on uh, Locked On on Friday about being a possible X factor in this game. He's still listed on the injury report with a foot. We're hoping he's going to be able to go. But if he's not, then, yeah, I do look for them to use uh, play action, maybe even hit Edelman with some short, quick bursts, try to take him out of being hit a lot because every time the guy catches a pass and he gets hit, he goes down. You can see him get up. He's grimacing. He's playing through some pain, folks. And unfortunately, you know, we all want Julian to be, you know, the dynamic figure that he is out there. And he's as tough as nails. I don't expect him to be on the bench. But at the same time, you also want to protect him. You're going to need him down the line. And he's definitely going to appreciate this little bit of time off that the Patriots are going to have in between Thursday's game and then the Monday night or on the 21st against the Jets. Uh, But, yeah, I, I look for play action to be a big part of what this team's going to do, especially against the Giants defense that is struggling. And of course, there's not a situation where these guys are anywhere near the big blue defense that we've seen Giants teams in the, in, come in here in the past with. But at the same time, they're also getting after the quarterback a little bit. I think they, I think they have right. like 12 or 13 sacks. I don't have the, uh, the exact number in front of me, but they're getting after the passer. So if that's the case, then yeah, they will need to play action, use the running game, open things up and give Brady time back there. Uh, That, to me, is going to be a key for the Patriots being successful in this game on Thursday night. Now, we mentioned the fact that the tight ends had a decent game, both blocking and catching the ball this week. Um, Lots going on this this, in the past 24, 48 hours. Did you, in your estimation, see Ben Watson not carving out a spot on this roster when he came off of his suspension? Uh, prior to the news breaking on Saturday that he was not going to be traveling with the team, absolutely not. And again, we talked about this on Friday. We actually looked for him to be a factor in the offense game plan yeah. uh, when it came to Sunday's game. So no, I didn't. Everything I was hearing about Watson seemed to be that the team was high on him, that they were looking forward to getting him back in the swing of things. Uh, even when he didn't practice earlier on in the week and we didn't see him on Wednesday, he came out obviously on Thursday, but um 
when news broke on Saturday that he was not going to be traveling with the team, I think a lot of collective eyebrows were raised on that one. And even so, there was still reports coming out afterwards that, you know, right. Watson was it just wasn't a part of the game plan and that they fully expected him to be, you know, there on Monday and that he probably would be activated in time for the, uh, the game on Thursday night. I think two things happened in between. I think, one, I think the injury to Philip Dorsett, I think does reset the Patriots' thought process on the wide receiver position, and they may look to actively bring somebody in. Not that the right. hamstring injury is going to hamper um, Dorsett's, uh, inj- uh, Dorsett's availability for the entire season, but it's something they need to keep an eye on. They already have Josh Gordon on the injury report with a knee injury. We've already discussed Julian Edelman and the chest injury that he has. So this is a wide receiving core that does have some dings in it right now. And especially if uh, if Dorsett's going to need a couple of weeks to heal, that may hasten the need for them to bring somebody in. So what do you do with approximately a million dollars in cap space? Well, you're going to try to create it any way you can. And not uh, <laughs> retaining Benjamin Watson creates almost two million in additional cap space. So now you're dealing with three and then all of a sudden a deal seems to be a little bit more feasible than it was just twenty four to forty eight hours ago. The second thing that happened was again Matt uh Matt Lacoste, Brian Izzo had a very good game on Sunday. It showed Bill Belichick that he can get similar, if not identical, production out of the tight end position with or without Watson in the fold. So when you take a look at that Belichick has to take emotions out of it. And look, you know, it's it's hard to root against a guy like Benjamin Watson. He truly is one of the great guys in this league. He's very, right. um, you know, minded in terms of his faith and his family and just a great guy, a respectful guy all the way around. So from a character standpoint, you definitely hate to see a guy like Watson have to move on and not be able to crack the roster. But from a logistical standpoint, I hate to say it, guys, but this one makes sense. When you break it down and you take a look at the value as opposed to reward, if you want to talk about return on investment or whatever, the ROI on this one is probably greater for the Patriots doing exactly what they did here. Go ahead, Steve, because, because, you know, my my next three questions were just answered. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in fact, um, when when this news broke yesterday – I started to think that maybe Philip Dorsett's uh, injury was a little bit more severe than they're letting on. They said it's minor, yep. that he, he has a chance to play. I'm wondering if it's if it's a lot more serious than they're letting on and they're trying to protect themselves because if somebody knows he's going to be out for a while, then the price for whoever they're trying to trade for just go, went up. So mm-hmm. I know no, it's, I did not it's gonna see be inter- the play happen. Could could you guys walk me through it? I didn't was, see it was, either. You didn't see it either. You didn't see him no. injured. Okay. Yeah, right. it, so it, it was actually really. Yeah, it was actually really tough to decipher. Believe it or not, when I was watching the uh, uh, the game on Sunday, I didn't see it live when it happened. Even on replays, it's very difficult to determine exactly where this happened. Apparently, it happened on like the third or fourth play of the game, where he came up a little bit lame, a little bit limping, went off to the sidelines, and then all of a sudden he was gone, and you did not see him. Didn't come back. Didn't return for the second half. Obviously, it looked like the news coming out of Patriots camp on Sunday was that it was positive, and. You know, right now it's described as being minor, but Steve, you made a very, very good point. If the Patriots allude to the fact that this is a very difficult injury or that 
Dorset's going to be out for an extended period of time. Then all of a sudden, the price on any type of replacement that they might be willing to bring in goes up tenfold. And look, I don't think the 31 other teams in the league are lining up to help the Patriots here. They're not going <laughs> to look at it and say, oh, you guys just lost one of your better productive uh, wide receivers for the league. Right. Yeah, you know what? Give us a sixth or a seventh rounder, or we're going to give you a Stephon Biggs or an Emmanuel Sanders. It's just not going to happen that way, guys. So you have to play the game, and no one is better at playing the game than Bill Belichick. He knows what he's doing for all the junk that Bill the GM gets. He's usually pretty savvy when it comes to situations like this. So I agree. I think it's worth keeping a sharp eye on Dorsett for the next couple of weeks. Right, and he was at practice this morning, but they had a walkthrough with, you know, they weren't even wearing jerseys. They were – they were wearing like sweatshirts, and you know Brady had a uh, a stocking cap on. It was just a you know a walkthrough, so you know the three of us could do the walkthrough with the team, you know, and nobody could decipher anything from that. So it'll be oh, interesting. Yeah, that'd be great. No, yeah, no, nobody would nobody would notice the two old men and Mike walking and limping around in the back. Mike trying to pick it. Come on, guys, you could do it. You could do it, old man. Let's go. Well, well, Murph. I mean, if if we let Tom borrow your bathrobe, then we might have a shot there. You know, that might, that might be all set. He can, but he he can play in that. I think that'd be great. Yeah, I'll let right. Giselle borrow my bathrobe, but not Tom. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Speaking of of potential trades, I know that um, people were, were very high on Stefan Diggs last week. I just didn't see it because if I'm Minnesota, it just doesn't make any sense for me in None. Minnesota to trade one of the young cornerstones of your team. Now, you know, if you're talking about Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Belichick has made some trades with, you know, John Elway in the past. And right now, surprisingly, the, the Broncos are 1-4. I thought they would have been 0-5 after Sunday. But the Chargers did a very Chargers thing on Sunday, so you know now they're one and four. But they, they're not going anywhere, you know. Um, so the chances of that happening, and Sanders is on last year of his contract, so I think you know the chances of them making a deal with the Broncos maybe a little bit better. Uh, I know people were talking about um, AJ Green and Tyler Eifert from, uh, you know. Cincinnati. What what do you think, Mike? Uh, is there anybody else that you're you're thinking that they might go to? Uh, well, obviously Sanders is a big name right now, and and logistically he's the one that makes the most sense in terms of cap room. I think it's the one that they could probably work in easiest um, for the return on investment. Again, and I know AJ Green would probably be someone that they could make the cap work with as well. I still think Diggs is going to be way too much of a difficulty. And Steve, again, we talked about this last week on Locked On. It was a situation where if you're Minnesota and you still feel the competitive team, why would you think about taking your most prolific offensive weapon off of that team and dealing him to a team that probably will could be someone theoretically, first of all, that you could end up seeing in the Super Bowl. I don't know if the Vikings are quite at the level of being of competing, but in the NFC, you never know, and they do have talent on that team. So why would you remove Diggs? And second of all, the struggles in Minnesota right now, folks, are not in the wide receiver court. It's at the quarterback position. So, you know, as much of an investment as they've made in Kirk Cousins, and I don't see him going anywhere because of that, that's something you need to address before you start addressing and dealing off of your wide receivers. With Sanders, yes, there is a synergy there with Elway. I know Elway was on uh, WEI a couple of weeks ago and made a couple of jokes with Fitzy about making a trade and stuff like that. And there seems to be a, a pretty decent back and forth. So that's one to keep an eye on. 
on. I don't know how imminent that is or if that's just a lot of smoke and mirrors right now. I haven't heard anything substantial regarding Sanders, but that's one that intrigues me. With Green, there's no question. The talent is definitely there, and he might be someone that the Patriots could snag away for a a less a lesser return on investment, meaning that they could give up a lower round draft pick, meaning like either a sixth or seventh to possibly pry him out if Cincinnati knows there's no shot to get him. The question with Green is injury. His injury history does scare me a bit, and he's coming off of one right now. There's a lot of factors involved there, so it's going to be interesting to see what the Patriots do here, but if I'm Bill the GM, Sanders is the one that really makes the most sense. There's actually a, a back and forth there as well. We all recall when he signed the offer sheet to come here, Pittsburgh ended up matching it, and it never came to fruition. He ended up going right. to, uh, to, um, to uh, Denver as a free agent. But he's the guy that would make the most sense and probably make Patriots fans most happy. But there's still a lot that has to be ironed out right now. So I, in terms of substantial rumors, I don't have a whole lot to give to you guys right now, but uh, <laughs> right. that's kind of what, uh, that's kind of what I'm, I'm looking at right now. Sanders would be uh, the, uh, the, the, the bell of the ball, I guess is the best way to put it. If you're looking to bring somebody in. Yeah. And well, it's hard. Fact, because... I, oh, go ahead. Murph. It's, it's just hard because so few teams are really out of it. And the teams that are, they're talking about, you know, cornerstone players you know I, last last night somebody asked the two of you and i chimed in you know that about julio jones uh, no <laughs> it, it, no there's there's no yeah. truth to that it's not happening go ahead steve i'm sorry yeah no, no i was just uh, uh gonna say in terms of fit for the patriots offense i think sanders would be the best as well yep because he's that type of player that could walk into the the patriots room and pick up on the offense immediately because they, you know, they wouldn't have to change anything to take, um, to you know, advantage him. of his talent, you know, and I think that would be a big thing for them. And they've obviously wanted him in the past. So it, it would be interesting. I just have a feeling that they're going to grab somebody that nobody's hearing about right now. Yeah, just well, that's the Patriots' it? mo. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is the who the is question it? is who, and I and I yeah exactly. And I think Murph Murph puts the question best: who exactly would that be, and who would be available at this point? Um, your guess is as good as mine. Hey, you know what? We mentioned yeah. the Chargers earlier. Tom Brady started following Keenan Allen on uh, Instagram. Yeah. I guess that means he's he's. Uh, I think he was spotted at uh, Foxborough. I think he was. Yeah, I think yeah. he was spotted at Logan Airport. There's that mean. Bill's been talking up Troy about Brown this, yeah. all week. You know. Oh yeah. Hey, you know what? Troy looks like he could still get up there and and and, and play a few downs. I'm I'm convinced of it. He really does. Guy never ages. I had a chance to uh, uh, to talk to uh, Troy a little bit and uh, see him at the uh, Matt Light Celebrity Hockey Game uh, uh, this year for uh, for charity for the Light Foundation in Providence back in March. And Troy still looks great. He still looks like he can get up there and do that. And I think I even joked with him about that. And he just kind of chuckled and laughed it off. But you know what? It would be typical Patriots to see something like that happen, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. It really would. Um, it, it, I know it's early, Michael, but how do you how do you see the Patriots attacking the um, this ju the juggernaut that that the New York Football Giants are this week? <laughs> well. You know, Bill Belichick is noted, absolutely noted, for giving young quarterbacks some fits. And that's exactly what you have to do. Keep the defense moving at the line of scrimmage. Give him different looks. 
you know, confuse and com- and, uh, and and confound the defense to the point where he's going to have a lot of difficulty picking apart. We saw a little bit with the Minnesota Vikings and their defense, which is very stout, give him some difficulty and kind of take the bloom off of the rose a little bit because Jones had been riding a couple of hot, quick games. You know, the Giants got uh, were off to an 0-2 start. All of a sudden, they're 2-2, two and two, and it's looking like they're riding the ship. That, to me, is the key. Uh, with regard to the offense and the Giants' offense, to me, they're going to be missing two of their biggest offensive weapons. Uh, you know, Sterling Shepard, I don't believe, is going to suit up for this game. He's in concussion protocol again. It's the mm-hmm. second time he's been there this season. I think you're looking at a prolonged absence for him. And word broke this morning that Saquon Barkley is probably not going to be medically cleared in time for this one. The fact that it's a Thursday night game, I think, was the deciding factor there. So if that is indeed the case, it puts a lot of pressure on the young quarterback to be able to find guys that can get open from the football and get uh, you know opportunities and play action so I think the Patriots defense if they confuse Jones at the line of scrimmage and show him a lot of different looks and he can't read what the defense is going to do this could end up being a long night for the Giants to me that's the key because I do think offensively the Patriots will be able to move the ball against the Giants defense effectively enough to put some points on the board. Yeah, and, I and I'm I'm kind of bummed about Saquon Barkley not. I was Me looking too. forward to seeing seeing him play. You know, I, I I've watched him obviously play against other teams, and I was really looking forward to this matchup. And you know, it, yeah, it, it sucks. Dave I mean, Brown that, is bumming. Dave Brown. Is yeah, I mean, and I hate Thursday night football anyway, and this just you know we're, we're going to have to be subjected to those puke uniforms. And then you know to top it off, no, no Barkley, oh, yeah. no Shepard. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to see those guys. I wanted to see how uh, you know they would they would play against New England. In fact, you know, uh, going back to the preseason game, and again, it's only preseason, but I thought Daniel Jones looked really good when he was here in Foxborough back in August. That last preseason game, I was pretty impressed with you them. guys. Were you guys were both talking about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and and he was, and he's still, and look, he's he's got for all the stuff that Gettleman took when he drafted Jones as high as he did, and Giants fans were ready to string the guy up for God's sake. But when you take a look at what this team has has been able to uh, to to go through and what Jones can bring to the table, yeah, it's a solid pick, and I really think that he's going to be a good quarterback in this league. And I think the Giants have found their guy; they found their successor to Eli Manning. I don't think they're going to have to be looking elsewhere. But he's a rookie, and he's still going to make those rookie mistakes. And against a Bill Belichick coach defense that's a very very tall order to bring to the table now if they had Saquon Barkley and if they had Sterling Shepard all of a sudden now he's got options and he's got legitimate guys that can make plays Saquon Barkley is a dynamic dynamic offensive force and when he gets going he can really really rip so it is sort of uh, it, the Patriots do have the good fortune of the Thursday night football game this week uh, that he was not going to be activated. I agree with you, Steve. I was actually looking forward to see what this defense could do against a weapon like Barkley and be able to see the, the, the looks that they were going to give and whether or not that front seven who's been very effective against the run guys like Danny Shelton, who had a great game on Sunday, Lawrence guys played well. Adam Butler's played well. We've even seen Michael Bennett come over from the edge and help clog the middle as well and be a good part of that run defense. I was looking forward to seeing what they could do against a dynamic talent like Barkley. But, again, you have to play with what you're given, and it looks like that's what we're going to be uh, be given on Thursday night. 
Have you guys heard anything about Evan Ingram? I uh, I just saw Adam Schefter tweet this morning that he's not supposed to play either. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that was I, a, I, wow. Yeah. Uh, Bernd Bookmaster uh, actually joined me on uh, um, uh, Locked On this morning, and we talked a little bit about Ingram as well, and that seems to be the consensus that he looks to be someone that won't be able to go on uh, on, on Thursday as well. So that's a really, really good point um, and yet another, yet another uh, uh, injury that they have to deal with. I think they should just run Eli out there. <laughs> this kid's going to get killed. This, this kid. Uh, you never know. That's why they play the game. Yeah, it's true. That's why they play the games. But you heard it here first, people. If if a Manning suits up and takes the field, you heard it here. First. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, My, on, with all the injuries the Colts had on defense Sunday night, everyone thought, you know, uh, Kansas City was going to tear them apart. Didn't happen. Right. No, did not happen. Michael, who who on the um, the defensive side of the ball for the Giants do uh, the Patriots need to keep a special eye on this week? Well, you know, there's a couple. There's a couple of guys I think that I would, uh, uh, you know, be a little leery on if I'm the Giants because of the fact that they are able to, like I said, they are able to uh, uh, to rush the passer. This is not a team that has, right. you know, had a particular you know, um, a lot of particular success uh, with uh, with being able to uh, to you know to run the football, but when they come at, or defend against the run, I should say, but defending against the pass, they can get after the uh, the Patriots uh, you know passing game, and if that's the case, then I think they would be two guys that uh, that I always like on this team. Obviously, Janaris Jenkins, DeAndre Baker at corner, um, Antoine Bethea, and Jabril Peppers at safety. I think they're um, secondary for the Giants right now is going to be a team that I'm going to watch very, very closely because if they are able to get pressure on Brady, can these guys take advantage of a dinged up uh, excuse me, Washington, <laughs> dinged up Patriots wide receiving core uh, and be right. able to maybe make some plays on these guys, maybe even a pick or two? We've seen Brady last couple of games throw a couple of ill-advised passes, so if the offensive line struggles to protect him and the, and the Giants pass rush can get after him a little bit. That's where this game could get interesting is if the Patriots start to turn the ball over and start to show that they don't have a lot of offensive firepower and are not able to do that. The secondary is where I'm going to watch that. So if I'm the Patriots right now, I'm keeping a close eye on Jenkins and Baker, Bethia and Peppers and see what they can bring to the table. If the Patriots can pick this secondary apart or they make them a non-factor, then it's going to be a long night for the Giants. Then this this one could end up being a track meet. I agree. I, I'm looking at Dexter Lawrence, the rookie. Thank you. Interior, uh, you know, A-gap pressure. That's where Tom Brady has the most problems, and that's about the same for any quarterback. When they bring pressure right up the middle, that's really tough to get away from. And he's been really good. He's had, I think he got two sacks and 11 quarterback hits through the first five games. And – He'll be the guy I'll be watching on Thursday night. That that was yeah, the name I was just was, about yeah. to bring up. You know, Absolutely. when you're named after Dexter Manley and your last name, you know, is is part of Lawrence Taylor's name, that then you know, you, that's somebody <laughs> you're going to have to you know keep an eye on. And Dexter Lawrence has been just feasting on on whoever's been in front of him all season long. No, definitely. And I, I agree with you on Lawrence, too. I mean, listen, he was a guy that I had my eye on in terms of 
potential Patriots first round picks or early in the second round because they were picking so close together at that point. Right. Lawrence was somebody that I had looked at as as being a good fit in this uh, um, uh, in this uh, you know team scheme. So yeah, I think he's going to be a guy that will be very key, uh, especially when it comes to uh, the pass rush and the run defense uh, for the New York Giants. Uh, if he's on his game, then yeah, that will allow for the uh, the, the secondary to step up and have a big game as well. Golden Tate's mouth game has not fallen off one bit uh, whatsoever. He's he's talking a little smack this week. How do you think that's going to affect the, the bulletin board? Well, you know, I mean, in terms of if you actually break down what he said, he said that the team doesn't have, you know, we're not a bunch of fanboys. I think that was probably a knock to the Washington Redskins. And you saw guys like, you know, you saw guys like, uh, you know, um, uh, Adrian Peterson and everybody run up to Brady afterwards and they wanted his jersey and they were looking for, you know, uh, you know, FaceTime with Tom and, and stuff like that. Yeah, the Giants are a team that doesn't get you know, get intimidated easily when it comes to, and that's really been the case I think for a long time with the New York Giants. They just don't intimidate. But you know, Golden is is the type of guy that just you know he loves to to fuel the fire, and he's good at it. He's done it for a number of years. Uh, he'll continue to do it. He wants to talk this game up with his guys into a frenzy and let the Giants know that they don't have to be intimidated when they come into Foxborough. But ultimately. It just looks like maybe writing a check that your body can't cash at this point. I think that there's just not enough offensive and defensive firepower on either side of the ball of the Giants to make this a an upset special in the making. I just think that the Patriots are too seasoned uh, and they're too prepared right now going in, even though they are nursing some injuries. Offensive line is a tiny bit of a concern, although they did look better on Sunday. Um, I, I just don't see it. So, yeah, I mean, it's nice for bulletin board. It's nice for Twitter. Twitter. It's, it gives guys like me something to write about, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to be uh, anything that is going to be a factor in this game. I don't think you're going to look at it and say, wow, Golden Tate called this right on the money. But then again, that could come back to bite me, so we'll see. Let's hope. Yeah, and he, he wanted to come here this, this spring. I mean, he talked up Brady and the Patriots really high this spring, so you know, there's that's something to be said for that, too. There is, there is a little, you know. Now, nah, th- thanks for the interest. You know, you can go wear blue. <laughs> wear, wear a different shade of blue. All right, <laughs> Mike. I, I want to thank you very much for stopping in today and giving us this time, man. It's always a blast. Would you please tell everybody out there where they can follow you on social media, where they can read you, and of course, where they can check out your podcast? I don't know how you do this so well every single day <laughs> of the week. It's amazing, bud. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the kind words. And again, you guys provide such a great platform for me, uh, not only the friendship, but also uh, the professional uh, you know, courtesy and everything that you guys have extended. I can't thank you enough, and I'm eternally grateful for that. As for me, you can find me on social media, uh, at, uh, you can definitely on Twitter, at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. Um, you can find the writing of myself and all our great writers at Full Press Coverage at fullpresscoverage.com. Make sure to give uh, our uh, Full Press Patriots team a follow as well on Twitter at FPC underscore Patriots. Great work. I really want to call out uh, uh, the, the great work of my colleagues Hal Bent and Chris Simino, who do an amazing job of getting you ready for game day. Hal gives one of the best breakdowns uh, for uh, pregame uh, in, in the business right now, and Chris does a great job with the live blogging and the live – 
um, you know, uh, game by game and play by play analysis. Uh, so great jobs there. Um, as and also, you can check me out every weekday uh, on uh, Monday through Friday. Usually posted around ten thirty, eleven o'clock in the morning, and the, is the Locked On Patriots podcast a part of the Locked On Podcast Network? Uh, follow them on Twitter as well at lo underscore patriots. Hey, Mike, we want to thank you. Uh, I mean, you know, we really appreciate you lending some culture to otherwise, you know, a crude affair here. <laughs> you know, we're Murph and I elected, you know, the two drunk uncles at uh, Thanksgiving dinner right. when, you know, when you come along. So, <laughs> that's it. No. Well, I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad to be of assistance, but uh, let me tell you, I'm, I'm the type of guy that likes to hang out with the drunk uncles on the holidays, and uh, you know, coming on here is always fun. It's always great getting your perspectives, your wisdom and counsel, and thank you both for being a frequent guest on Locked On. Some of the most downloaded episodes out there are episodes that you guys feature in, so I appreciate it. Uh, I always love coming on, and I know you guys always love being my guest in return, so uh, it's all good. It's great, and uh, we, uh, we, we look forward to continuing continuing that throughout the season. Well, two guineas in a mick, man. Yeah. It's just like gold, just gold, golden <laughs> radio. Just love it. Two guineas in a mick. Just, you know, <laughs> give us give us a platform EEI and we'll take over the world for you. Thank you, Michael. Thank you so much for being here and putting up with me. <laughs> oh, no problem. Putting up putting up with you is definitely a labor of love, my friend. I it's, uh, it's, all, it's all great. Thank you for the platform. Always a pleasure. And, and, hey, by the way, I love the Senator Geary reference. That was like That was beautiful. That was well, oh know, my sharp, god! I sharpened my Godfather skills. I actually got a feedback from a friend of mine that says we don't hear as many Godfather references as I thought on your show. So stay tuned, folks. I'm going to get those. I'm really I'm all right. Moment. Oh yeah, I'm picking my moment. I'm definitely getting those ready. Uh, we've got some uh, uh, you know keys coming up, some big games. So uh, I didn't want to uh, come right out of the gate with those. I wanted to kind of let it build a little. So uh, that will continue. And uh, yeah, it's, it's always great. But the minute you said about you you know, old friends and stuff like that, Murph. It just it, it triggered that. It, it it triggered the shape iffy in my mind. So I'm all set. And I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that was classic. And if we were able to play a clip, I was going to put the uh, Michael Corleone response to that. My offer to this senator is nothing. <laughs> Not even the fee for the gaming license, which I would appreciate yeah. you putting up personally. Yeah. There you go. God damn, man. Let's just do a Shays Bippy right now. Yeah. Oh, that was great. We gotta oh, have my... we gotta have Steve on one day. We gotta we gotta Absolutely, we gotta yeah. we've only had one guest and we need to have another one and Steve's gonna be it. For those of you that don't know, Mike and I do a, a mob podcast where uh we talk about uh gangster films. And it's called the Shays Bippy Mod Pod. And you can also check that out surprisingly right here on this network. <laughs> awesome. All right, bud. You have a great day. Thank you again for making the time. And we will talk to you soon, probably like in the next 20 minutes or so. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. All right, Mike. Part of again, gentlemen. Take care, guys. Hey, have Thanks a great a week, my friend. You too. All right. That was Mike Diabate from Full Press Coverage dot com and also locked on patriots he's a good friend of ours he does a fantastic job with not only his podcast but with his writing and he always has some good references in there really and we does. encourage all of our friends to to check that stuff out Mer, you know i forgot to mention to you um we talked about brandon bolden's touchdown um before we 
exit here. You know, when when he caught that uh, wheel route for the touchdown, I was like, that looks familiar. I went back from the tape. Doesn't it? 2015 against yep. the Washington Redskins. That was a carbon copy. That same play. was the exact same play. <laughs> they dusted that off. Brady must have said, hey, you know, Brandon, you want to score six right here? Uh-huh. <laughs> that what was, say I we, mean, you know, just like, yeah. just like the um, – the Sydney Partier and and um uh what's his oh god um uh Bill Cosby movie let's do it again man let's let's, <laughs> yeah. let's do it again yeah I mean that was a carbon copy of that so um I, was... I forgot to mention that earlier during the podcast while Mike was on but uh, yeah I mean I I went back because I was like you know that looked like that same play and then you know you you look up on NFL Game Pass the uh, Mm-hmm. You know the the touchdown with Brandon Bolden against the Skins in in Gillette in 2015. I mean, exact same play. It's perfect the exact throw. Same play. Yeah, a couple he of people brought that up to me, and it's like you, you really think that I would have forgotten that? I every Brandon <laughs> Bolden touchdown is ingrained and burned into my memory, folks. That's well, I, I remember them all. I, it's like right. he's my kid or something. Yeah, Robin and I were watching the game, and as soon as he scored, I said, well, the Murphy household in, uh, in Connecticut is doing cartwheels right now across the living room. So That's it, man. That's it. Greatest greatest patriot in the history of the game, man. <laughs> well, anyway, we want to thank everyone for listening. We want to thank our guest, Mike DeAbate. Um, obviously, everyone at WBLZ and FullPressCoverage.com you know, uh, and we want to thank all of you, of course, for listening. We'll be right. back. Actually, we'll be back on Thursday this week because Murph and I usually wait until the end of the week. We do our keys to the game on Friday. Obviously, we can't do it this Friday because the game will be over. So we'll right. do it on Thursday morning and we'll, uh, we'll bring morning. that. Yeah. Thursday morning early. Or we'll have to hit the uh, uh, Mr. Jack Daniels a little early in the morning and then. Yeah. Add it to the coffee, and we'll do our keys That's to the game, it. and break it down. And by then, we should have a, a, you know, a little bit better idea of who's actually going to play for both teams. Well, so That's it. That's why these guys like working with me. I bring the Irish coffee to the freaking. That's, That's it to the booth. What, right. what would otherwise be a dull affair, as I told Mike. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, for your two drunk uncles, um, you know, um, say good night, Gracie. Yeah, good night, Gracie. <laughs> So for myself, Steve Balistrieri, Thomas Murphy, once again, from Mike DeAbate and all of us here at One Patriot Place, the answer, yes, we do have the band back together. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday. <laughs>